Hello and welcome to the Ego Chat Podcast, episode 58. We're back. It's been a while since we did our last episode. Um, and we have quite a bit to talk about, uh, despite it still being the off season. Um, but before we get into any of the, the news that we're going to end up talking about today, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. Uh, it's been a while. Like I, I completely forgot what I usually do for these episodes because I don't typically talk to humans other than my girlfriend and possibly you. Uh, at certain points so um you're really it's it's gonna be a, a tough show for me i think but uh, i think we'll get through it yeah um let's get into the biggest news obviously this is something that dropped uh late last week and um we haven't done a show in like a month a month and a half or something like that but the last show that we did we covered the retirement of crim six three-time world champion arguably the greatest call of duty player of all time uh and today's episode we're going to be talking about um the announcement that skump is going to retire after uh this upcoming 2023 uh cdl season so he will be playing one final season and possibly more uh depending on i guess some circumstances but um let's just get your thoughts real quick about um you know your thoughts on him announcing his retirement after the upcoming season yeah i mean this is just an announcement that any long-time competitive Call of Duty fan has known is coming at some point in, you know, the the not-so-distant future. And it's it was one of those things that, like, you know, it's just looming there, like, the uncertainty of when it would happen uh, existed. Nobody really knew what was going to go down, but um, it's just something that fans have... have known could happen and have dreaded the thought of and that reality happen uh kind of on you know kind of funny timing with how he did it on the launch day of mw2 so uh for those fans who you know assuming that it was a pre-recorded video um that was planned and all that stuff i mean the video itself was pretty cool um but the assuming that video wasn't actually recorded on that day uh you know there are people joking like oh mw2 hasn't even been out for 24 hours and it's already causing scum to retire um but the jokes and memes aside it's it's obviously like i said just something that you know competitive fans have known could happen would happen at some point they want to ex- at least most people likely didn't want to accept the fact that it would happen at some point but obviously it was inevitable and just so happens that you know this he's doing one final year i know uh on twitter and even in our work slack when um the news of like the thumbnail was shared like five minutes before the video premiered on youtube um people were speculating that he could might not even compete this year so uh comparatively it's it's obviously more exciting that we're, we're getting one final year out of him a last dance if you will um so yeah i i think it's going to be an interesting one um obviously something we've talked about multiple times but we haven't really gone in depth in is the just the impact that scum retiring will have on the league its viewership and all that stuff um and obviously that's something we're going to see in in 2023 
when he actually retires. But, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, it, it's definitely – it's good that he didn't drop that video and just say he's done. It's, you know, that, that would have been um, a real, you know, just shot to the heart for a lot of people. Um, but the fact that he, he announced – ahead of the season that he's got one more season in him is, you know, it's something we've seen from a lot of big name athletes. I know Jeter did it with his final season. Um, you know, like even most recently Albert Pujols just did it in baseball. So um, it, it's something you see with some of the most iconic faces in their sport and esports in this case. So um, I, I don't know if we'll, you know, again, comparing to Jeter and Pujols and names like that, um, there were, like, farewell tours and stuff from, like, the places he visited for the final time and stuff. So that's a little different uh, for the CDL. But it will be cool to see if there's any tributes or anything like that um, throughout the events this season. But getting a little ahead of ourselves there with that. Um, I just, I think, you know, Scump's had a great career. Uh, arguably one of the best players of all time. Obviously, uh, the one thing that holds him back from being at the top there is the fact he only has one uh, world championship. Uh, so maybe he's able to get a second this year, uh, go out on top, and then, uh, you know, even further solidify his legacy as uh, one of the most dominant Call of Duty players of all time. Yeah, definitely a big blow to competitive Call of Duty because we've had a lot of players and personalities kind of exit the scene over the past, say, five years. Um, I mean, I, you know, for me, in terms of like the hierarchy of like these iconic players that when I think of competitive Call of Duty, I think of Nade Shot first and foremost, because like without Nade Shot, like who knows, you know, even where Scump would have been like in terms of the content stuff and just like the overall popularity of the space was definitely better off because of Nade Shot. But like right below Nade is Scump for me because like those two players were really the face of competitive Call of Duty. Scump is still the face of competitive Call of Duty in my mind. And um, like you said, it would have been a really big blow, uh, an even bigger blow to the, the competitive scene had he just said, you know what, like I'm not going to do it anymore, which, you know, he's definitely within his right because I'm sure it's very taxing and he just got engaged um, to his fiance. So congratulations to him. And, you know, he's in his late 20s, which, you know, in traditional sports, that's, you know, the prime of your career. Definitely. Like if you're 27, 28, you're expected to like really, you know, be at the peak of your powers. But, you know, we've seen it time and time again in esports and specifically in competitive Call of Duty. When you get into your late 20s, like that's really when things, I don't even know if it's really going downhill so much as those guys start to just drop off. Like they stop playing, they stop trying to compete at the level um, that they the previously did. Uh, I th I think of Karma, who was in his late twenties when he decided to retire, and he decided to retire mid season because you know MW really sucked for him. Um, and we've seen other players just kind of slowly drop off. Like J Cap was like you know he he just. He, he held on and he definitely was on good teams and can contribute, but he just wasn't the same player. And I, I think at a certain point, like we really need to explore why that is happening so early for like the, these competitive esports players, like 
you know, Scump is 27 years old. He'll be, what, 28 whenever he decides to end up retiring. But, like, 28 years old, like, that's ridiculous. Like, LeBron right now, and obviously he's a very different example, but he's, like, 38 years old and still playing and probably planning to play, like, into his early 40s. You know, Tom Brady's, like, 111 years old, and, I mean, he sucks now, but he was really good when he was 110. Um, but, like, all these players... In traditional sports where like the wear and tear on your body is very real, like the injuries can really stack up. Um, but like those guys seem to hold on into their 30s, sometimes into their 40s. And Scump, he's going to retire at 28. It just seems really weird that it, it happens like this. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but um, just the idea that we really lose these players to retirement, so to speak so early on like at least compared to traditional sports yeah i mean at the same time too you think about you know these these guys are um you think of someone like simp for example obviously scump was very young when he started playing too mm -hmm. but uh that was before the age limit was instituted so i won't use him as an example but someone like scump who literally had to or sorry someone like skip wow simp <laughs> who really had to wait until he actually turned 18 to be picked up by a pro team and start competing um even if you think about 18 being the start of his career, it's really even before that. He was playing S&D tournaments and stuff, you know, 15, 16 years old. So mm -hmm. that's kind of more in, in comparison to traditional sports. That would be like, you know, uh, maybe like the college level thing in comparison. I don't really know. Um, not a great parallel there, but um, hopefully listeners understand what I'm getting at is where, although he's starting his pro career at 18, he's had, you know, a couple years of amateur, however you want to, uh, phrase it before that so um, he's starting his career earlier than 18 and then playing you know 18 to 28 or whatever it's just that time is is shorter than even these guys like Brady and LeBron playing 20 plus years these esports players might not compete as yeah. long as uh, professional athletes but at the end of the day you know they're starting a little younger which again might not be a great example because even you know obviously professional athletes are playing t-ball and pop warner all that stuff very young um but yeah I, I really just think it's for at least the examples that we've seen in call of duty that i know of um it, it really comes down to the determination and you know for lack of a better word the passion behind wanting to put in all those countless hours into grinding the game on a consistent basis and the only other thing i was going to bring up too is just that you know, scump is in a very unique position himself um, although someone like Karma, even even Krim6, uh, who just recently retired and is doing the content stuff, uh, Scump is just in a position as Scump to be sitting on a gold mine the day he retires to um, be able to kick back, <laughs> create YouTube videos, stream the tens of thousands of viewers, get millions of views on his YouTube videos. Like, um, it, it's going to be a little different with his retirement in that sense just because um you know he does have a large following obviously mm -hmm. and he hasn't put out as much content 
as on a casual basis and uh, that can be attributed to how much fun he has playing the games like this is in Black Ops 2 where he was able to jump into a video and drop 100-0 gameplay like uh, and, and really have a fun time with it so uh, we haven't seen that as much from him maybe that'll change maybe he gets into uh, Warzone 2 a little bit depending on how Warzone 2 goes who really knows but he can also you know he can do anything he any game he plays tons of people are going to watch it watch him so he's in a really good uh, position post-retirement and one thing I will say is I don't think although I think he could be a really good coach if he decided to go down that route post his playing days I would be surprised if he is a coach I just I don't think that is what he wants to do. It doesn't seem like he's ever made any any indication or had an, any interest in that. I would think it would be interesting if he owned a team. You know, I don't think if it would be something uh, like Nate Shot where he goes out on his own. What I could see happening in the very very far future is Hex stepping away from Optic on like a full time basic and kind of you know just handing the reins to Scump and a similar ownership perspective. Um, but I think that's many years down the road if it happened. But there, there are just a ton of interesting possibilities for what we could see from Scump uh, once he actually does retire. It's just a matter of what he wants to do. And, you know, the options seem like they're almost endless at this point. So although a lot of people will be upset to no longer have him competing, it uh, is, is certainly it, he even said it himself in his video that. Uh, he's not going anywhere, and people are still going to see from him. So uh, that's a little bit of a silver lining there for Scum fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I, I think it would just be foolish for him to completely like abandon like what got him so popular and like what has made him, quite honestly, a lot of money. Um, because like, like I just think right now, competitive Call of Duty is like. Sure, they're getting paid a lot of money, like the top end players, like probably more than they bring in from like just a like a logical standpoint. But at the end of the day, like you pay for Scump because he's the most popular player in the world. And it also doesn't make a lot of sense for him to stick around competitive Call of Duty when he could be making so much more money by doing content. Like we've, you know, seen the leaked numbers for how much money some of these Twitch streamers make on like a, a monthly or like a yearly basis. And Scump doesn't even really get to do all of that like nearly as much or do the things that he probably would, especially in terms of sponsors, because I believe the CDL has the kind of approve of sponsors and they can, you know, veto certain things if they feel um, like that's what they want to do. Uh, but truthfully, I think that he will be so much better off and he'll be really in a good place in terms of, uh, you know, just making a lot of money. So, somewhat like Zuma. Zuma has completely blown up uh, from like a content perspective because he's went, you know, 100% into it and he's been able to do, you know, everything that we thought like these players should be doing. Like, and, and I, I want to say one more thing just about the content stuff is like 
I remember in Black Ops 2, in Ghosts, when Nade Shot was around and people said he doesn't spend enough time playing the game and practicing. That's why his team's results are, you know, subpar or whatever. Um, he's doing too much content to really get the success. And I think Scump has sacrificed a lot of the content and a lot of the money or the, the fame that would have come with that because... He wants to win championships and he wants to kind of improve that legacy that you mentioned because that's definitely the really the only thing that is holding him back. Like he has the like the big tournament wins, like he has a lot of those. He's obviously probably in the top five or six most wins in terms of tournaments, but in terms of champs wins, he has one and then there's Crim Six and there's Clay and there's Karma. And of course he was teammates with all three of those guys. So, you know, when you compare the four of those players, he kind of comes out short because he doesn't have at least two rings, but maybe that changes with um, this upcoming season. Um, as yeah. far as like his, you know, I, I think you did a really good job in your article because I think a lot of people will have this question where they're not completely tuned into Call of Duty esports on a day-to-day -day basis, so they don't really know why Scump is really retiring. And I thought it was interesting, his quote, um, and it really ties into kind of like that grinding mindset uh, that you talked about. He said, um, I just think that my time, my effort, and my energy one last season is pretty much all that I got left in the tank in terms of my mental, all that stuff. I think that I have one more good year to give to not only myself, but my teammates, first and foremost, my coaching staff, my amazing partners, and the people I work with at Optic, and you guys, the Green Wall. I just think like it's insane that a 27-year-old or that even like, let's just say like a guy that's played like uh and really is at the top of their game or not in terms of like you know individual level but there's a real chance that optic wins champs uh this year because there was a real chance that they would have won it this past season had illy not been out with his injury and then you know kind of having their season upended but just for him to say like i only have one more season like the, it will zap me of all of my energy to give one more season that really just says so much about how bad some of these call of duty games have been to like completely gnaw at one of the best players of all time to the point where he's like yeah i'm done after this i can't do it again just the same way that karma was like yeah, I'm done. Middle of the season, I'm done because I don't want to continue to play this game on a day-to-day -day basis. I just, uh, I, I mean, you're the you're the one that's played MW2 so far, so I'll let you, you know, talk about that. Um, but I, I just, I'm kind of bewildered at the fact that he's just so done with it, um, and he only has one more year left in him. Yeah, I think the interesting, I, I wanted to, when I was writing the SEO article on his retirement, I wanted to go back and look at, because he's talked about retirement so many times at this point now, um, I wanted to go back and look at some of his other uh, videos and, you know, quotes about it, but I just, I just decided to go with what he said most recently. Um, so I hope I'm not incorrectly saying this, but I feel like I, I vaguely remember um in one instance he said that 
Um, he wanted to be, like, one of the players who goes out on his own terms and not, like, you know, keeps trying to play to the point where he's being a detriment or costing his teammates, you know, putting up bad numbers and only playing for the sake of playing. Instead, he, he doesn't want to get to that point. He wanted to uh, retire, you know, before it gets to that point, which, you know, if he was playing into his 40s, obviously he wouldn't be as good as he was uh when you know he was in his young 20s like that just you know it might not be something some people want to hear but it it would make sense if that was the case um so i i hope i remember that accurately i'm not 100 percent sure but if that is the case and that's something he has said um it would make even more sense that he's announcing like before the season that his retirement as opposed to like retroactively like crim six uh, being in a situation where he he still wanted to play a little bit, but wasn't able to get on a team, so then he was forced to uh, make the decision to retire. That obviously wouldn't happen with Skump because Skump would be on optic as long as he wants to, and um, it just so happens that you know after this year, it seems like he he doesn't want to compete anymore. Um, we can really quick talk about too the caveat that uh, he said on stream today. Um, so initially he dropped the YouTube video. It was also a Twitter video, uh, which was, you know, a short two-minute video. If you guys haven't watched it, uh, definitely check it out. It's just like him, like, kind of going through some moments in his life and stuff. It had one of those, uh, you know, cool old scump vlog videos when he was a little kid opening the Christmas present. He's like, thanks, Mom. Uh, and it, even had, it had, like, sound bites like that from other videos he's posted and tournament winning reactions. But... Um, after that, he posted the video, uh, just a Twitter video talking about why he retired and directly addressing or why he is planning to retire and uh, uh, directly addressing that. And that's where you got that quote from. Um, but he also had a quote in that same Twitter video where he said, hopefully we can make this year one to remember for you guys, but indefinitely it does not matter we could go win champs. We could win every fucking tournament this year. I only swore because he did. Uh, this is my last one. I think that it's time for me to move on and start pursuing some other things that I've really wanted to do. So that's what he said in his Twitter video on October 28th. And then just a couple, like, four hours ago, we had that video where he comes out with uh, the stream clip of him saying that, uh, you know, he, he didn't even think like he really thought about it because at the start of the clip, he's saying uh, people are like, if you win every tournament this year, you're going to stay. And I'm like, no, I won't. I mean, that would be pretty, that would be incredibly effing difficult as well. And then he kind of thinks for a second, he goes, okay, if we win every tournament, I'll play again. And we don't know how actually genuine that is. I would totally, you know, not be surprised if Optic even did win every single tournament this year and he still didn't play in 2024. Um, but at the same time, as he, you know, he himself admits in that quote, it would be so difficult for Optic to win every single tournament. And now Vanguard might be a little different. Obviously, we haven't had enough time yet to see MW2 at a very competitive level yet. But compared to Vanguard, it was just such a coin flip game where, you know, outside of phase making it to the grand finals and not winning it was always different winners a lot of different matchups and that just is a testament to the talent in the cdl at this point and you know no expansion only 12 teams so all the teams 
uh, for the most part at least, are, are extremely competitive. And that would just make winning every single tournament in a given year uh, incredibly difficult. Even if you look at FaZe and uh, Cold War, they're considered one of the most dominant teams in recent memory, and they didn't even win every tournament that year. They, you know, won a lot of them, but they didn't win every single one. So um, I, I think uh, it, it's interesting that Scump said it on stream, and it's something that uh, a, a lot of his supporters can be like oh yeah now you know he wins every single one they win major one like fans are gonna be really excited then they win major two like they're just they're gonna keep getting a little bit more hope um but i i really think uh even if they somehow pulled off the immaculate season winning every single tournament this year um based on the initial quote from his video on friday um it seemed like at that point that his mind was made up and indefinitely he wouldn't be competing after this season. Yeah. I, I actually kind of think that he would play another year if, if it did go the way, like where they win, I think they're doing five majors this year. So all five majors and then win champs. I just think like at that point, you're like, I, I might have another year in me. Like I want to at least see, what the game is going to be like because at that point like there is a a definitely a an avenue where you could be like i went out on top i did what no other player what uh, no other team has done before but you can also be like but we can also win champs next year as well <laughs> And then if you win champs next year, obviously, like back-to-back -back years, Scump is now a three-time world champion. And undoubtedly, like in my mind, probably at that point... He'd be number one. Yeah, he'd be the best player yeah. of all time. Yeah. So, it like, I, 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 I like, you, like you said, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think at this point any team will pr probably do it. Um at least for like a few years, it would really have to be a super stacked roster and, you know, some things going wrong for other teams that they just can't seem to even win a single tournament. Um, but, you know, like you said, like if, if FaZe couldn't do it in 2021, there aren't many teams ever that could really do it. Um, you know, especially now that there are so few teams at the top. So every, the talent is kind of spread out. I will say, though, there is an interesting wrinkle that could be thrown into this um, with the report that potentially there is no new Call of Duty game for the following year. Um, in a situation where Scump and Optic win every single event in MW2, there's no Treyarch title next year, and the 2024 season is played on MW2, I will retract what I say, and if he's won every tournament in MW2, I think he would compete in the second season of MW2, just because, I mean, if, if you're so good at the game, I would be so surprised if you just walked away from it. Um, but obviously, this is just, this scenario that we're talking about here is, is something that um, I guess is a little bit extra incentive. I don't know if that's, you know, really the right word for the situation, but it just, it puts a little more meaning on every single one of their matches. You know, the if, if it made your one optic get eliminated and, you know, the semifinals or if they just get eliminated in general, then everybody's like, oh, well, now there's no shot of Scump coming back next year. It's really over. Um, so I, I just think, you know, we'll... 
outside of the scenario where we do see Optic win every single event. Um, we're just, most fans are going to be looking forward to cherishing these last few tournaments from Scum. Yeah, definitely, especially when we get to the uh, Texas Major, which I think is like the True. third or fourth major of the season. Third, yeah. So, uh, you know, the fans are going to be absolutely insane for that. Um, and last season we saw that Optic won the Texas Major. So if that happened again, man, it would uh, it would be incredible. Um, I did see that people were saying that Dashie needed to uh, uninstall Valorant this year because it's Scump's last season. So he, he needs to be locked in. Um, I, yeah, it's just been a really weird offseason for Optic from – you know, dropping half their roster to picking them up back, um, you know, 24 hours later and now Scump announcing his retirement. Just been a, a really weird offseason, but um, there's just a lot of talent on that team. And I definitely think they have to be, you know, one of the favorites to win champs this year, even before we really even get to see these teams in action in, in MW2. But another team that actually probably will win champs the Las Vegas Legion. Uh, they um, obviously are moving from Paris to Las Vegas, their first season uh, in Vegas. And uh, the Legion announced their uh, their 2023 CDL roster um, on October 7th, so you know over three weeks ago. Um, and the Las Vegas Legion's roster is Temp, Clayster, TJ Haley, and Prolute. So Prolute was... The, the substitute and fill-in for Optic Texas last season. Um, TJ was on the Boston Breach and Clayster, um, you know, mostly spent uh, the season on the bench for the New York Subliners. And then Temp is actually a holdover from um, the Paris Legion's last season roster. Definitely their best player last year and what was, you know, inarguably the worst season in Call of Duty League history. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to put them down or anything. I'm just saying, like, the team was really bad. Um but I, I'm like we're we've been on you know off and on I guess the Paris is winning champs bandwagon for three years now, um, going into our fourth season in the CDL. But I mean I'm all on the Vegas is winning champs bandwagon. You know I've not been shy about saying how much I love Clayster and how he's my favorite player, and this team might have a little bit of a some potential. I saw the like on the day one tournaments, they won like three back to back tournaments. Like, I think they won a 4v4, or maybe two 4v4s, and then a 3v3. So, I think it's it's sealed. Like, we just call it a day right now. The uh, Vegas Legion are going to be the 2023 CDL champions, right? Yeah. I mean, might as well not even play the season out. <laughs> there we go. See you, Scump. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> no, but I think, I think, um, the most interesting aspect of this team has to be Clayster, right? Um, like you said, was on the bench for second half of the season last year. Um, and especially with the Crim Six situation and him not being able to find a team, there were questions around whether Clayster was going to uh, find his way onto another team as well. And uh, he, you know, he's getting a shot here to show what he's capable of in a year where preemptively scump is announcing his retirement this could potentially be clayster's last shot as well so obviously he hasn't said anything about him retiring anytime soon um but he obviously is one of the older players so um 
it, it's something that, you know, like we were talking about with Scump earlier, it's, it's something that will happen at some point. It's just a question of when. So um, I'm excited to see Scump or, uh, sorry, uh, Clay and Temp play together. I think it, depending on the meta we see in uh, MW2, um, will be interesting to see uh, how they work together as presumably the AR duo, but it could also be, you know, a situation where Temp likes the subs better. Um, I thought he was trying to be a main AR on the team that he was trying to form for this upcoming season. I think that was just speculation, uh, nothing official or anything like that. But um, so so I'm I'm a little interested to see how that dynamic works between him and Clay, just because obviously, you know, uh, Temp is, even if he wants to be a main AR, he definitely has uh, the ability to, you know, still slay out on a sub, whereas Clay, um, he he could do it, but I, I just feel like it would be, uh, if one of them is going to have to flex around, it would be more suited to Temp than Clay himself. So, um, excited to see what this roster is capable of. Like you said, first season in Vegas, um gonna be looking to put you know the the unsuccessful uh seasons of paris behind the franchise and try to you know start new with a uh, new location even though they don't really have new branding or anything like that but um you know like you said day one success obviously uh doesn't necessarily win translate to them winning champs but for the uh vegas's winning champs crew uh, certainly hopes are higher than they were really at any point last year. Yeah. And to kind of, you know, when you said like it could be Clay's last year, it could be. And, you know, he's literally the oldest player in the CDL right now uh, by over two years because he's he's 30 in Classic who, uh, you know, now he's, we got to talk about this as well, um, but uh, he's now trying to reverse the jinx and stuff. But Clay is actually two years older than him. Um, that I just think that's pretty wild. Like we talked about Scump, he's 27, he'll be 28. Um, but, you know, uh, Clay is going to turn 31 during this season. Hopefully, I mean, if he... Like we were talking about with Scump, if he was able to win two more titles, you know, and, you know, do whatever, like he'd obviously be the best. But like Clay, he's only got to get one more. And what better way to do it than win it with the, the Legion, um, which would make him the best player of all time because he's literally like resurrecting a dead team and and leading them to a championship which would be really really uh really cool um obviously coming back from a really bad season for them last season um but yeah i i think this legion team uh you know you don't really know how they're gonna play because i heard about teams last year like before the cdl season began and you know, coaches and other players were saying like, oh, they're a lot better. They were saying that about the Paris Legion. And it's like, yeah, I mean, were they though? Like, I I mean, they were arguably the most consistent team last year because they just kept losing matches. And like, I don't, I, I don't think anybody can really, like when it comes to these online matches where there's a lot riding on each individual match, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, predictions really that can be made, especially with these newer games where everything seems to be a coin flip and teams kind of trade wins every now and then. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really know what to expect from the Legion, but 
it's definitely not a bad thing that they were able to take a few day one tournaments. It's it's a it's a good thing. They probably made more money uh, in those tournaments than the team did from wins last season. So, I mean, congrats to them. Um, let's talk about the um, the classic thing uh, while he's on the mind. So uh, obviously we we've talked about this so many times on this show really because it's a it's a true it's a true jinx uh, or a, a true counter if uh, you're into that um, but the Atlanta phase announced their substitute for the 2023 season it is classic and that means that the Atlanta phase are winning champs for sure now um, because they have no counters left in the league um, I mean I guess we should probably explain this a little bit just to the people that maybe aren't like, super in tuned with cod esports but basically classic his every time he's essentially played phase his team seemed to win like kind of I, I don't know what the exact record is but it's it's bizarre for like especially because he was on seattle's bench last year and seattle kept winning so it it made it even funnier that they kept beating phase for some reason um but now he is joining phase um and he's pretty much made them unstoppable what do you think about uh classic getting signed to the team yeah so i think you know for the sake of explaining the meme it, it really started with that final major of the cold war season where uh seattle had absolutely nothing to play for they couldn't qualify for champs and so that major was their you know essentially was their champs um, and FaZe, obviously, as we just talked about earlier, were the most dominant team. Uh, Nikki D just goes off in uh, the final map. I, I don't remember the scoreline, but I'm pretty sure he had a really good uh, Game 5 on Standoff Search and Destroy to help Seattle eliminate Atlanta from the tournament. Um, and that might have been the only time they didn't make a Grand Finals in uh, that season, too, because I think... They won, like, Major 1, 3, and 4. They lost to Toronto in the finals. Um, then they didn't make it there, and they won champs. So it could be wrong on that. But it was definitely their worst placing. I'm, I'm fairly confident in saying it was their worst placing of Cold War because of that. And that match kind of started the, the whole meme of, uh, you know, the curse of Nikki D, a.k.a. Classic. Um, and then, like you said, it kind of translated over into Seattle the following year in Vanguard, even though he wasn't playing, Seattle saw a lot of success against FaZe. So um, with the meme aside, though, I think this is just a really good move. I've always uh, thought highly of Classic as a player just because he's a versatile player. Um, most people look at him as one of those guys who's going to do the dirty work and stuff like that, but he's even at points been able to pull out an AR. Um, he, he really, he can just do what it takes to win. And he, he was one of those guys on like the luminosity teams and stuff like that, where uh, they weren't necessarily dynasties winning a ton of tournaments each year, but they were um, guys like him, slacked Looney were like winning like one tournament a year on multiple different titles, which uh, speaks volumes in my opinion, at least to just their ability to, uh, consistently compete across the game changing each year. Um, so I've just, I've thought highly of Classic as a player. I think it makes sense too. Um, last season with Arcity, uh, Pristini being the sub, people thinking that it might just be a, uh, you know, a brother thing, which could have been the case certainly, but 
Uh, even if Arcides wasn't on that team, if Pristini was a sub, it would have made sense to me because he's another one of those players known more as a sub, uh, some machine gun player who can, you know, he can pull on an AR at times. He can do the dirty work, that sort of thing. And I think that's just uh, what you're looking for as a sub in, um, in comparison to a situation like Florida, for example, maybe where they have Dave Patty as their sub. He's really just like a main AR and, and you know, we haven't seen him compete on a, a SMG, so I'm not going to speak to that. But, um, you know, I just think with the limited bench spots that CDL teams are using at this point, uh, having a versatile slash flexible sub is uh, is just a valuable asset in case of any emergencies. Yeah, and he also proved that like he's still a winning player, you know, won yeah. the challengers finals. Like that's a, that's a major accomplishment in Brack because he was also on that team. He got picked up by Florida. So like, I, I like the, you know, even if it's just a substitute, obviously phased doesn't plan on using classic in any real situation, but I think that rewarding those players that do end up going down to challengers or haven't been to the pro league, but are, um, really excelling in challengers like those players should be rewarded um, and I think that's what's happening with classic obviously he's also a very well-liked teammate by pretty much every team that he's been on like people speak very highly of him which is always a good thing and and definitely something as a substitute like you know they don't you don't want someone that isn't well liked to be on the bench and kind of waiting their turn to replace you, like as as a player. So, um, and and the video that uh, Faze did announcing his signing was is uh, really incredible. Slasher talking about the the Nikki D curse and how he could how he was haunted by a classic and he he felt like classic was in the room. Um, that you know that stuff's great and I'm glad that more teams seem to be doing, you know, more content, uh, like with their roster announcements or their schedules and stuff. Like we saw yeah. with, I think it was Seattle did a, a really good one as well. What were you saying? I mean, even, I was just going to say, even, you know, outside of stuff like that, we just saw today, um, FaZe did a costume video and Celium was dressed up as a snake. I, I thought that was incredible. <laughs> it's a shame uh, we didn't after. get a costume for Halloween. <laughs> I, I stole that joke from I think Tactical Rap. Uh but um yeah, I, I love that stuff. It definitely helps uh the CDO just like, you know, seem more legitimate and more fun uh throughout the season. Uh we should also talk about the London Royal Ravens, uh, because they took about an eternity to announce their roster. Um, or just any kind of news regarding their roster. But uh, the Royal Ravens, which will be the only team from Europe uh, this season, so they announced um, their upcoming uh, team for the 2023 season. Uh, so Nasty, Trey, Paul X, Asim, and Scraps will be the uh, London Royal Ravens roster. Um, let me get your thoughts on this because, you know, Nasty and Trey and even Paul X is, you know, not too big of a surprise because they've all, you know, played together before. But Asim and Scraps coming into the fold, what do you think? I, I think Scraps is the really surprising move here. Um, surprising might not be the, the right word, but it, it's surprising not that he's on London, just surprising that... Um, He's actually back in the CDL now after taking a year off of not really competing in Vanguard. Um, we saw him compete for London 
in the past. He was on Paris and Cold War, I believe. Um, so it, it's good to have him back. He's and uh, he's a solid player and an even funnier guy. And you know, after losing the, a figure like Krim Six, um, although his interviews are irreplaceable, Scraps' interviews are, are you know, a t- I would say like a tier below, and it would be uh, a good substitute if, as opposed to not having anything like Krim Six's interviews at all. Um, but the interesting part about this is that uh, London seemingly hasn't announced an actual four-man lineup. They just announced the five players. Um, on paper, to me at least, it would make the most sense if Scraps is the sub, at least heading into the season, because as I mentioned, he wasn't competing really last year. Um, and and from a roster construction perspective you would have in, in a traditional two sub two AR meta sort of deal. Um you would have ASIM and Nasty as your subs, uh Paul X as your flex and then Zero as your main AR. Um so I think that's most likely the four man lineup we see, those four and then scraps on the bench, at least heading into the year. But you know, most people who've seen Scraps play know how talented he is and it wouldn't be surprising to me if uh, the London roster initially struggles that we see scraps uh, quickly inserted to into the lineup at some point. It's just, um, and it, it could be a situation too where they they announce these five players and they try multiple lineup combinations at the start of MW two here to see what works best. Um, we're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, actually, we won't have to wait too long as opposed to other Call of Duty League seasons, but um, you know. Tomorrow's November 1st, so as of tomorrow, the first event is just over a month away. So uh, we shouldn't have to wait too long to see, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a situation where we see London trying multiple rosters. I also wouldn't be surprised if we just see them have those four guys, like I said, Asim, Nasty, Zero, and Paul X as the four-man and Scraps on the bench. Um, But we'll just have to keep an eye on that and see see what squad they have going into the first event. Yeah, I'm really glad to see that Paul and Asim end up on rosters after being left out of their respective teams, uh, Asim and LAG and Paul and New York. Obviously, New York was a dumpster fire just with all of the stuff that was going on in regards to like, the roster drama. And um, it felt like he wasn't going to be back if, if Hydra was going to be back. It didn't feel like that was resolvable um, at at least in terms of um, in New York. But uh, I'm glad that, you know, he has that London connection from subbing in uh, previously for the Royal Ravens so that maybe that helped uh, him get the the spot. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I probably would have rather seen a, a Challengers player make their way into this roster, um, you know, maybe in, in like, uh, not even in replace of scraps, but just maybe in addition to him, you know, I think challengers players, especially in, in Europe, like they are not getting a lot of chances because there's only one European team and not a lot of uh, NA teams are really looking to add a European challengers player to their roster. Although, uh, beans did make it onto the Boston, um, team, but uh, and you Wardy. know, and Wardy. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I probably would have rather had a challengers player who who grinded all through last year. Where Scraps, I think he did one challengers tournament last season and mostly stuck to Warzone and streaming. So it, it's very weird that um, they're going with him, but it could also just be the simple fact like 
they know that they, they, obviously London knows him from him being on the roster previously um, and you know probably a lot of chemistry with at least zero I would imagine uh, but I don't know about the other guys um, I think New York also announced their uh, roster which we've pretty much already known but um, Hydra Kismet Skies, Priesta, and Sender moving from Optic to New York as the head coach. Um, any thoughts on that? I, I'm pretty sure he's just an assistant coach. Or I don't think they actually announced um, he's head coach. Yeah, I think uh, D Real is still the head coach, and oh, yep. Sender is an assistant. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, regardless, I think you know this is a team that has potential. Obviously, we we've, we've talked about Hydra in the past, how talented he is. Kismet looked really strong at the end of last year for that New York team, which after all the drama unfolded, we now know um, potentially how, how difficult it was to play in the circumstances of that team and do as well as Kismet did. So I think that um, speaks volumes to the potential that Kismet could continue to show. Um, and that's just a subduo. I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, out of game things aside, Hydra and Kismet is a scary duo right up there with, um, you know, obviously you got Simbinabizi, Shotzi, and Scump, and then the other one that I've talked about on the pod that I'm really looking forward to seeing is Kleenex and Standy. Um, but I would I would put you know Hydra and Kismet right right behind them, uh, just on that initial uh, who I'm looking forward to seeing at least. I'm obviously leaving people out, but regardless of that, I think um, the roster has potential too. Priesta. I think uh, this is a big year for him, kind of like a down season last year. So uh, he's going to be looking to probably prove any doubters wrong. He's he's another guy who's just a glue player can uh, and has shown, especially with that Dave's roster in Black Ops Four, literally showed that he was he was capable of playing any role. And then that led to him getting picked up by a hundred thieves and a hundred thieves seeing success with him uh, on the squad. And that's just one example of you know Priesta being able to do multiple roles, do multiple things on the team. So I think uh, this squad has potential, obviously Skies too. He's a really strong Slayer, was in a situation last year where maybe the roles didn't suit him um, as opposed to now he's on a New York team where there really isn't another uh, main AR, I guess, you know, Priesta could maybe want to be a main AR, but uh, outside of that, he doesn't have to worry about, uh, you know, main AR reps, he, he's going to be that guy holding down uh, the AR duties on this New York lineup. So uh, squad's got potential. Uh, just going to have to wait and see, I guess, what, what we get out of them. And um, at least for New York's sake, I hope whatever was going on behind the scenes last season, they just put in the rearview mirror, completely forget about it, and move on to a fresh start here in 2023. Before we get out of here, uh, do you want to give your thoughts on what I think might be game of the year, uh, Modern Warfare 2, uh, the the outpouring of support and the um, just the adulation that fans seem to have about MW2. Um, is, is that your thoughts as well? Yeah, I, I mean, jokes aside, I, I've actually had fun playing the game. Um, how do I want to phrase this? It's It's, you know... It's definitely not my favorite Call of Duty of all time, and it's still very early. Um, the launch was inarguably one of the biggest disasters that we've had for a Call of Duty launch in, launch in recent memory. Um, we literally had the first night just completely 
unable to play in parties of multiple people. Um, but we had we had seven people on for um, the launch on uh, you know Friday at midnight Eastern time, and uh, I was playing with just my cousin Chris and uh, the rest of the uh, the boys who watched the pod like Trem, Jim, Mike. Uh, Nick and Josh were they were trying to play in a group of five and my cousin and I were only in a group of two didn't have any problems we were we played for like two hours till he got off and went to bed um and then I tried to join their squad and they said they were having issues all night getting matches with more than with that many people um and then when I tried to play with them we were still having issues of people disconnecting and stuff so um they inevitably fixed the party issue I think yesterday um, maybe late on Saturday, but the days kind of blended together. No, it was definitely yesterday. Um, but out, even outside of that, there's just a ton of things missing. Um, you, you can't even check your combat record or your stats or leaderboards right now. Like that just seems like a fundamental aspect of a Call of Duty title, but for some reason in 2022, it's missing. Um, I, there's a ton of stuff that, you know, the crashing issues, PC players getting scan and repair still. Um, outside of the actual gunplay and the gameplay, which I haven't completely hated, um, there's just a lot of issues with the game that need to be addressed immediately uh, if, you know, Infinity Ward and Activision are going to salvage this. I know there's already reports out there that this is one of the most successful um launches from a monetary standpoint and sales like that but you're not going to retain the players if they're they're struggling with the user interface and uh the menus too complicated they can't even look at their win rate or their, their kd like there's a lot of issues um if anybody listening is interested in uh you know reading more about some of the some of the issues and some things that uh other people are thinking could be improved with the game early. You can go to Dotty Sports. I know um, Scott, our lead writer for Call of Duty, has done at least two opinion pieces today on things that could be improved in the first update and things that are just absolutely missing right now for no seemingly explainable reason. Um, so definitely go check that stuff out if you guys are looking for more content around MW2. But yeah, uh, just right now, it's it's still early. Given the game a chance, I haven't even really played competitive yet. Maybe after this, um, I'll play a couple GBs, which I'm to be able to say next time on the show what I think about that from a competitive aspect. Um, but I think right now, at a, at a very basic level, there are very simple things that uh, the developers need to work on in the immediate future to uh, improve the experience with MW2. I feel like I've heard a lot of the maybe not specific things about not being able to see the combat record and so on. Maybe I haven't seen or heard those complaints in the past as much, but um, in terms of just, you know, the game not being prepared for the number of players or whatever the players are actually trying to do. I've heard that, you know, whatever, five, six years in a row. Like it seems every year there seems to be, another issue uh something that really holds back the player experience on launch um and I, of course i'm not playing so i can't speak to that firsthand i just see i just follow like 500 call of duty players and you know journalists and and friends that play the game and 
there's very little positive feedback about this game um, as far as I can tell. I'm sure some people are having a lot of fun with it, um, but I just... It's it's really disheartening as a Call of Duty esports fan, not necessarily a Call of Duty fan um, anymore. But like as a Call of Duty esports fan, the game really should be good for my entertainment. Um, that's usually the the best games. Like I I love Black Ops Two. I, I will watch old Black Ops Two tournaments if I need to um, because that game was fun to play. It was fun to watch. And when players are having a lot of fun, you know, especially the competitive players, uh, when they're having a lot of fun, it's usually a lot of fun to watch as well. And we're just not having a lot of fun. Maps are being copyright striked, which is a ridiculous thing that is happening. Um, and obviously, like all the bugs that are being worked on are just simple oversights which uh, i'm sure some of those things can be explained as bugs but some of those things are just they for some reason just didn't think about it they they didn't really focus on it um and that's disappointing and uh you know a real slap in the face to the people that shell out 60 plus dollars on a game that isn't even really finished that that just feels very disrespectful to um you know the, the average consumer um but yeah i i hope that you have fun i hope that you and trem absolutely uh smoke a bunch of the children that are trying to play gbs for the first time um in mw2 but uh i i feel like it's going to be a struggle getting through some of those lobbies um i don't know if you have anything else before you we get out of here uh but no wrap it up Yep. So let's uh let's just wrap it up. Subscribe or follow uh, the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Make sure to give us a five star rating wherever uh, you're listening um, on Apple or Spotify specifically. Follow us on Twitter at jbink with two Ks at Prez Buyers and uh, the podcast Twitter is at Ego Chow Podcast. I'm not sure when the next show will be. Uh, obviously, it'll be in the next few weeks because. The CDL season actually starts in just over a month, so we don't really have a lot of time, uh, a lot more time at least uh, for the off season and the downtime that comes with it. Uh, but we will be doing a season preview before the season gets underway at some point. Um, you know, probably the end of November. Uh, I, I don't know what how that lines up with the holidays or whatnot, but I, I feel like we could sneak in a, a season preview. And if anything big drops, maybe we'll do another one in in the time being. Um, maybe to check in with Bink's thoughts on MW2 as he gets to play a little bit more, and uh, maybe uh, get our thoughts from Eco Chow correspondent Tremor about how how much he hates the game. Um, but um, yeah, that that does it for me. Bink, take it away. Yeah, you you said what I was gonna say. Um, thank you guys as always for tuning in. I think you know we're still like Preston said in in a month of flux, but obviously before the first event, the first event starts December fifteenth, I think, major one in Raleigh, and I think the qualifiers for it start December second. So we would likely do a show before that, but obviously Thanksgiving is right before December second. So like he said, it'll be depending on the dates, all that stuff. Um, and if anything happens in the next week or two, uh, major that we need to talk about, we might make an appearance then. So, uh, best way to keep up with that, follow us on Twitter, follow Ego Chow, you know, account on Twitter too, and we'll keep you guys up to date on when we're going live next. So, 
that's all I got. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember to send the chow.